Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 18th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, we'll hear from Monmouth students and political science professors who observed the Iowa Democratic Caucuses on Monday night. Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies Anne Mary will discuss the meaning of life, which is the topic of a regular Friday lunch meeting held on campus. And Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will catch us up on winter sports and preview the first spring sport of the season, which opens next week. A group of Monmouth students and professors saw history in the making in more than one way when they attended the Iowa caucuses on Monday, February 3rd. They saw the start of the 2020 Democratic presidential process, as well as what might have been the beginning of the demise of the 48-year-old Iowa caucuses because of what's been a very long delay in reporting the official results. The group was led by political science lecturer Robin Johnson. He was accompanied with political science professors Mike Nelson and Andre Audet. About two dozen Monmouth students went with them to observe a caucus that was held in Precinct 5 in Burlington, Iowa. One of those students was Will Stefanison, a junior from Downers Grove, Illinois. Will says he was less than impressed with what he saw on Monday night. Unorganized, uh, sloppy, um, for a state that prides itself on making, making a big point of we're the first in the nation, we take this seriously, it seems like they're unprepared for it. And as Will pointed out, democracy in action isn't always pretty to watch. Well, I think, I think it was representative of democracy in the way of democracy is sloppy and messy at times. And it, it's, it's, not the, it's not pretty, but it's the truth, and the truth isn't sometimes pretty. We've seen it recently with impeachment and other issues where democracy isn't pretty. Like other students, Will did a lot of homework to prepare for the trip to Iowa. I've been trying to keep up with uh, all the candidates. I went and saw a couple town halls. Um, I saw Pete Buttigieg in town hall about two weeks ago and uh, saw Andrew Yang about a week ago. So I've been trying to stay active politically, uh, keep up to date with the issues, the uh, breaking news, the issue uh, in candidates. Elizabeth Morales is a sophomore from Chicago who also attended her first caucus. Not unlike the other students who observed it, it was different for Elizabeth to see voters openly proclaim which candidate they support. I was really shocked to see how many people um, kind of just show up and like openly show who they vote for. And um, yeah, that was really shocking because usually like it's known to kind of keep it like confidential and stuff. And a lot of people use it like as part of their identity, identity and it's like super like like secretive to them um so yeah to like see someone like go there and like pick a group is like it was really shocking for me elizabeth says though it was inspiring to see democracy in action but she's glad that she votes in a state with a primary instead of a caucus 
Um, I was encouraged to like vote the way we do because I don't think I would have ever, um, I would have ever participated in a caucus and like openly like have someone convince me in like 10, 15 minutes like who I should vote for next and stuff because my candidate didn't um, get picked. So honestly, yeah, I was really encouraged to vote um, in the primary uh, the way that it's always been. Andre Audet says that despite the rough evening, the trip across the Mississippi River was a good learning experience for the students. I think it's good for students to see the IO caucus to be able to put uh, sort of a face on one of the methods that we use to elect our candidates. Um, it's one thing to hear about it in a classroom and another thing to see it in person. Um, so it's I heard a number of students comment on the organization of the process. Uh, this is one of the ways that we elect our democratic leaders and so um, it's definitely something to kind of think about as we go through the election process to think about the different ways different states and uh, parties choose to nominate and choose their candidates. Andre's colleague Mike Nelson echoed those sentiments as he pointed out it's a rare opportunity for college students to see the presidential nomination process that up close. Uh, I think it was a great opportunity to see um, American politics in action, to, to, to witness um, at the early stage how people are starting to think about these candidates. We got to hear uh, different people speak up for each of the candidates, uh, and I think that um, really giving us a chance to understand a, a process that you know nine states currently use around the country and um, that most of us don't usually get a chance to, to witness was a great opportunity for them. You heard from some of the Monmouth folks who observed an Iowa caucus on Monday night in Burlington, Iowa. You can read more about their experience in the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu news. There's also an analysis of the Iowa caucuses by political sciences' Robin Johnson. Be sure to check that out. This is the 1853 Podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Every Friday at noon, Monmouth students, faculty, staff, and guests gather in the Weeks House on campus to participate in what's called a Meaning of Life Lunch. Folks bring their lunch and engage in an informal but meaningful conversation that lasts for about an hour. Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies Anne Maymary helps facilitate the weekly conversations. Anne says the format is informal, which often leads to an interesting conversation. And somebody proposes a topic and we run with it. And it's so exciting because something that seems trivial, like Oh, colloquial expressions and how they change over time turns into something really profound. Sometimes we leave saying, and for next week, let's pursue X, Y, or Z. Or somebody comes out of a class and says, we had this conversation, we have to continue it. But sometimes we just throw around three or four different ideas and settle on one, or try to make all three fit together, which is kind of a fun juggling act also. Anne says that students who participate in the weekly lunch gathering receive many lessons and so do the faculty and staff. Also, that civility doesn't mean we have to come to a consensus at the end of the day. That if we find that we disagree profoundly about something, to understand how that other person is seeing the world is really important. So can I, for just a minute, see it through your eyes? Even if I end up not agreeing with you, at least I can't walk out of here saying you're a crazy person. I might think your ideas don't, don't hold up, 
but I understand where you're coming from. And I hope that you can do the same thing for me. So I find that actually really quite lovely in, in this group of people. Really remarkable students who come to these uh, Meeting of Life lunches and really carry the day. And they, I think they show us too, how, how do you engage with people in community? The Meaning of Life Lunch traces its origin to the legacy of one of Mama's legendary professors. Well, so this is part of a series of three things that were actually started in the memory of Sam Thompson. So we have our lecture series. So we bring up usually a fairly well-known philosopher or somebody in religious studies to give a lecture. And we also have an essay contest every spring for the best creative or academic work in the humanities. And then it used to be called the Sam Thompson Society. And we met in the evening, and then we had this brilliant idea. I think Hannah Shell had the idea, why don't we do this at lunchtime? And the further students get away from knowing somebody who knew Sam Thompson, that name didn't um, mean as much. Uh, so we still talk about him at the beginning of the year. But Meaning of Life Lunch seemed to, to really capture what we were doing. You know, is there a meaning of life? Do we make it together? Or sometimes we say, we're missing a colon. The meaning of life is lunch. <laughs> Yes, and you know, I never met Sam Thompson, but I did meet um, several of his students now. One of them uh, is Charles Courtney, who's been here a few times. And so students have heard him lecture, and they've heard him talk about Sam Thompson. Um, and so Charles, I think, really has helped Sam Thompson's spirit live on because he was a student. But also it helps the students understand that what Sam Thompson did was get, get students to understand that ideas are important so that college is not only about what you're going to do later, but college is about how you live your life right now and how do we make a community here. Even when we have contentious debates and we're arguing with each other and somebody might think that person over there is saying the most ridiculous thing in the universe, we're sitting together and we're talking and we're making a community and we're trying to figure out who we are. We're making ourselves at the same time. What a brilliant legacy. Anne says that it's not uncommon for a discussion at a meaning of life lunch to spill over into a class although it appears that one topic has been resolved during the Meaning of Life lunches. We also often have Oreos. Oh, so the big controversy is full fat or <laughs> reduced fat. And we have tried pistachio, and they're okay. I think we've come down to, for me anyway, and most of us, regular Oreos are good. Dan Ott is the holdout for the reduced fat. And maybe that's the Meaning of Life lunch. <laughs> that's Professor of Philosophy and Religious Studies Anne Maymary talking about the Meaning of Life lunches, which are held at noon every Friday in the Weeks House on campus. It's a great example of the type of co-curricular activities that Monmouth faculty routinely sponsor on the campus. The Monmouth women's and men's basketball teams are entering the stretch run of their conference schedules, and both teams remain in contention for the postseason. Heading into Saturday afternoon's doubleheader against Grinnell College, which will be played at Glenny Gymnasium, the Monmouth women are in first place, and the Monmouth men are in third place. Sports Information Director Dan Nolan is the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Dan says that for the women's basketball team, Saturday is an opportunity to keep on keeping on. 
Women's basketball uh, really on a roll right now, and uh, they've rolled all the way into uh, first place in the Midwest Conference, won eight straight, uh, had a big win up at uh, Ripon last week, which was the team uh, they're tied with now, and then uh, pulled out a win uh, this past week against Cornell, uh, trailed at the half by nine, and were down double figures, really, uh, but then came back and, and really just stormed back and, and outscored uh, Cornell in the second half, 18-8 to in the fourth quarter to really put that one away. And uh, it's, it's been a, a great run for us. Uh, you know, we're excited about that, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. And we've got uh, Ripon here next Saturday, so that's going to be a grudge match. But uh, looking prior to that, uh, we've got Grinnell here this Saturday, and Grinnell knocked us off over there. So nothing's a given. And then we have to play Cornell again at their place. So uh, still a lot of games to play. We've got five games left. Uh, anything can happen. But uh, right now we're on a roll, and, and uh, hopefully we can continue that for another five games at least. For the Monmouth men, Dan says that Saturday's home game against Grinnell is an opportunity to get back on the winning track. Men uh, have had a little bit of a bump in the road. Uh, they were on a, a roll going up to uh, uh, Wisconsin last week. Uh, dropped a game to Ripon, who had been really just red hot. Ripon, by the way, has won four straight going into this weekend. Uh, so he dropped one there. Uh, didn't play well at all. Then came back on uh, Saturday. Uh, took on Lawrence. Lawrence is always tough to beat at their place. Uh, dropped that one. And then uh, Wednesday night, uh, uh, ran into a buzzsaw in Cornell. And it was really kind of a tale of two halves. We uh, we just had a hard time shooting the first half, and, and Cornell was red hot. And then uh, we came back and, and shot very well in the second half. Cornell cooled a little bit and couldn't quite uh, make up the uh, the deficit. So, you know, we've dropped three straight now, but we've got Grinnell at home on Saturday. And uh, that's going to be a big game for us. Grinnell is a game behind us in the standings. Uh, we're in third. They're in fourth. So uh, really need that game. You know, you look at uh, history, uh, we've won eight of the last nine against Grinnell, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll continue that role too. It's also a big weekend for indoor track and field. They'll be on the road. Track, we're already at the halfway point of the season. It doesn't seem like it, but uh, we're at the uh, Illinois Wesleyan Keck Invitational on Saturday. Uh, then next weekend, we are home uh, for our home meet, and then uh, one more meet after that uh, is uh, down at Illinois College, and then we're in, in a conference meet. So the track season really is, is flying along. We're getting better every week. Uh, we had some national uh, performances last week. Uh, Drew Thaxton, uh, throw that out there, uh, a shot putter uh, in the top 20 in the nation in that. Uh, so he's looking good. He's really starting to figure uh, the shot out. And uh, Joe Crawl, top 10 in the weight throw. So looking really good there. And, and everybody's making improvements. Uh, uh, Cindy Ladner, for one, on the women's side, every time she runs the 60 meters, uh, she betters her previous record. So uh, she's doing great. Uh, Lindsay Baker, kind of the same thing, and, and ran a personal best last week in the 200 meters. So uh, we're really looking good. And although snow is still on the ground in the Midwest, Mammoth's first spring sport opens its season on Tuesday, February 11, on Bobby Wall Field at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. Believe it or not, spring sports is starting on Tuesday. Uh, men's lacrosse will be hosting Augustana at 6 o'clock, and uh, that'll be the season opener for both teams. So uh, we'll, we'll see how we do. Uh, Coach Kleiber has the largest uh, roster in program history. Uh, they're coming off a, a really great year. They uh, won four of their last six games last year, and uh, we're uh, nationally ranked in cause turnovers and in a uh, fewest uh, goals allowed. So the men are coming back with a pretty good defense, and then we get uh, 
two of our top scorers back. Uh, Thomas Van Alstyne, who was out last year uh, studying abroad, uh, is back. And then uh, also Jeff Knapp, who was lost after just three games, is back. Uh, he uh, was lost with an injury. So uh, we've got those two back. And then uh, Chase Cranford, our leading scorer from last year, is back. So when you look at it, we've got uh, the top scorers from three years uh, back in the fold. So we're uh, really excited about this year. That's Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official spot on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. To follow all Monmouth Athletics on Twitter, go to MC Fighting Scots. And for all of Monmouth College's social media accounts, check out the bottom on the homepage of the Monmouth College website, MonmouthCollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for this 18th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody and have a nice day.